1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. This is the Go Long Podcast. I'm Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis and our recurring guest, our favorite guest, your favorite former NFL general manager, Doug Whaley, is joining us right at the top, baby. Good to see you, Doug. How you been?
2: I've uh, been great. It's football season right around the corner. You got preseason, college season, starting out with a good weekend, and then roll into the pros, so every day is about to be Christmas, right? That's right. I mean, it's, you know, at, we were kind of,
1: like, bitching about preseason football in the last <laughs> podcast. I'm glad that Nick Underhill kind of put us in our spot, Jim. Like, after, after, like, COVID and sports getting shut down and everybody's just trying to find something to scratch that itch, I kind of find myself, like, liking preseason football and I'm watching that top 100 on NFL Network, which is always pretty ridiculous but it's highlights of the guys so it's good to mm-hmm. watch i don't know i think it's it's good to appreciate this stuff and as doug said it's not going to end now till mid-february
0: you know for me the preseason like we always talk about it just if people could just calm down that's that's where i draw the line you know doug last week we were saying zach wilson will I read if you just read zach wilson was a bust Yep. Um, trey lance was mvp now after week 2 I read where Mahomes doesn't look the same. <laughs> um now Trey Lance, you know, he's still possibly MVP even though he doesn't complete anything or throw accurately cuz I did watch that game. Yeah. Hey. T- Justin Fields, he has some he's got some things he needs to clean up as well. Oh yeah. These guys that- have, you certainly see ability, but in the preseason yeah. it goes from you everybody wants to rush to the Hall of Fame talk and the franchise and
2: That's where I can't take the preseason. And and being now that I've (laughs) got to be in the media, it's just those superlatives are thrown out really quickly. Future, all-star, I mean, Hall of Famer. It's like, wait a minute. Justin Jones got his head taken off because he couldn't see the overload and the blitz. That's an easy read. It's simple. That's the type of stuff that you just can't rush. And it's nothing that can be... Very few can just step in off the college game and be able to decipher the different defenses <laughs> well, and everything that's going to be thrown out.
0: The other thing the preseason does is it might get Matt Nagy fired tomorrow, and they may try to steal Brian Dable because um, it was oh. they just saw what a coach can do with Dude, with a good yes. quarterback. With a you know, Absolutely. Trubisky's Trubisky's not franchise like we know, but he's also very he's good enough to start in this league.
2: Well. And that's something that I I know we talked about it last year. Brian Brian Dable should be on the top of everybody's list as a quarter What he did with Josh Allen. Yeah. And then what he's showing he can do with Trubisky and that offense, I don't see why he's not one of the top.
0: Rarely do you see a team look that polished in the preseason like the Bills look. Usually, it's mm-hmm. hard to watch, right, Doug? Right. It's Penalties. Yes. It's Tyler. You know you, the offensive line you,
1: play alone is usually terrible. Across terrible. The
0: board. Yeah. That that looked like they have played together, and they don't even have. They're not even. Diggs isn't out there. Be not, like. They're not even using their receivers. Okay. Yes. Um. Football uh, makes everybody yeah. look better. There
1: doesn't he? I mean, he makes Josh Allen look better, Sean McDermott look better. No question. The defense no, no. wasn't that great at times last year. The way they played offense and it makes him look better. He's kind of that mm-hmm. Midas touch, you know. have like, right now,
0: yeah. Dable can he can name his job whether it's next year. He can he can pick the team that has the quarterback or the ability to get the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He can probably get total control of the roster. He can name. So he – and guess what? If they don't want to give it to him, he's got a great situation in Buffalo. So yeah, yeah. he is fine.
2: Just like the enemy. Uh, the enemy the same way. Same he way. Can, he can be very choosy and put himself in a position.
0: Hopefully.
2: Yeah, hopefully. He's – I know. I, I yeah, you
0: that's would think t- you would think, but for some mm-hmm. reason – Yeah, he may, seem-
2: he may have to <laughs> – that's true. He may have to take what he's, <laughs> he's given to him instead of what he's asked. As we know and how that, the hiring process goes. Absolutely. And as, as if if you didn't hear me, what is given to him, what yeah, he has yeah. not earned, is what right. he's probably going to have to take. Right, right.
1: It's remarkable. I mean, it is really crazy to see some of the guys that become head coaches. And
0: this is the most well,
1: prolific offense of the last
0: three years. Now, switch it, if we're going to switch it and talk about, look at the Eagles. What's happened? Look at that uh, coach that they couldn't hire bien Right. Right now, once That's... again, can't rush to judgment. Preseason, pre-season but pre-season. boy, it's a concern in the preseason when you don't look at least competitive.
1: Mm-hmm. You know who was hyped about the preseason back in back in your day? I was there in Cleveland. EJ Manuel pulling out that win at the oh. end. I remember. I think he. I don't know if he was looking up at us in the press box when he was going. Shh. You know,
0: oh yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. That, he was famous. He and messi-
1: was, I kind of loved the energy. That was fun.
0: EJ always had good energy.
2: Yeah, Each a, I mean, I'll it, tell you this
0: much. Tough situation, he, tough situation.
2: Tough situation, and he, he, if he would have been a third-rounder, he'd probably still be in the league right now. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that's, that's so all I'm We've saying. That a is lot. so point. He's a so backup true. spot guy that could probably get you, hopefully get you 500 for eight to 10 games. You don't want him starting for 16, and he could have had a long career, but once you get that first round on you, look, look like Josh Rose,
0: so what is uh th- that made me just think of uh, I know we're gonna be all over the place, but Haskins, does Haskins have a shot of beating out uh Rudolph? Not this or they, year. Not this year, okay. Cause they yeah, he, yeah, knows, yeah. he knows he knows
2: that, okay. Yeah. Trust. trust. You yep. know as well as that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the 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 starting quarterback trust him. The coaching staff trust him. And he's uh, proven yeah. he's five and two as a starter. No, he's I mean, not a
0: bad I don't I agree. I don't think okay. he's a bad backup at all.
2: Now, is this ceiling as high as Haskins? No way.
0: But yeah, I told you last they, year, I, he didn't. Haskins didn't. I never saw anything with Haskins. I haven't seen it.
2: He's, he's shown some pretty good stuff in the preseason. Yeah, I'm, I know. Now, so. now it's tempered. He hasn't pushed it down the field or anything, but he's shown enough that he should get a legitimate shot for a QB battle next year if Ben moves on. That's good. Really? You think yeah. he deserves that opportunity? Right now let's see the biggest thing about him is let's see how he's going to react being number three all year is he going to revert back to the haskins of washington football team where he's going out and going to strip clubs and everything because he's comfortable or is he going to dedicate himself to his craft and keep trying to get better we shall see it is up to him
1: (laughs) i just think of uh george costanza right was that was that wrong was that we just have sex with the coworker? Like, was that not considered, uh, is, is, uh, is like, we're down with Dwayne do Haskins with and Ryan time Rivera? Time. Was that wrong to go to the strip club, you know, during a pandemic? Was that was I not supposed to do that?
2: <laughs> or, or Dave Chappelle when he was talking about uh he was in a car with his white buddy and it, the police pulled him over, and he goes, Officer, I didn't know I could do I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I could
1: that oh my god not to get sidetracked but like i just was binging to to the the chapelle show i mean it's like it it ages so well i mean it's the kind of stuff you could never do today because everybody's offended by everything it there's nothing that comes close to that kind of humor nothing oh my no. god no. all right well just to kind of reset here we we'll, uh we are brought to you by hamburg brewing right jim so
0: a oh, little bit lager now
1: drinking a little bit lager now
0: oh i had mine with my on lunch today went down easy it's it's that time of year. you gotta drink a little bit lager now It's it's football yeah. season
1: i got one working right now i think it's okay 116 on a on a monday right that's fair game so oh
0: day drinking is always yeah. okay
1: but we're, we're going to get into uh, definitely want to talk about the 2017 draft. Obviously we've allotted quite a bit of time uh, dissecting the, uh, the Patrick Mahomes aspect of all of that, but we haven't really talked a ton about the players that you guys did take. And I, I don't think a lot of Western New York, New Yorkers really realize, and even beyond Buffalo realize like the imprint that you guys had on those, those draft picks and, those guys are getting to that second contract. So we'll, we'll hit on that. I definitely want to talk about what it's like this time of year in your shoes. Like, do I have to cut a player? Like, man, I, I can't imagine what cut down day is, is like and how difficult it is to get from 90 to 53. So we'll get on that and definitely we'll talk some bills, talk some Steelers and, and for anybody out there in Pittsburgh, or I think I listen online as well. Doug is on every Wednesday morning, 93.7, the fan, um, Got to be nice to uh, join the dark side even more, Doug. I'm glad we're kind
2: of going in. I'm with yeah, us, Doug. A little
0: bit, a
1: little bit, you know. A team should hire both of you. But, uh, hey, hey, enjoy being – as Jack Black said, you know, those who can't do, teach. Those who can't teach, teach gym. That's kind of how the media – those who yeah. can't do
2: are in the media. So here we are. Hey. Hey, I love it. I'm all in. I mean, cause guess what? You're never wrong. And if you are, you just move on to the next subject and never bring it up again. This is the best. <laughs> and you don't have Absolutely. to be, when you lose a game, you don't have to be miserable.
0: Nope. If, when you win a game, it really just gets you to the next week. You, you just can breathe for a week. You don't even enjoy it. Yeah. This, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. That's
1: right. No. Like why did John Gruden, what are you doing?
0: Like oh. you're,
1: you're getting paid millions of dollars to go on Monday night football and and now I get it. They paid him a lot of money. That's what he's doing, I guess.
2: That's so, like, why. That's yeah, why. That's,
1: that's why. But uh, I mean, he obviously doesn't really know what he's doing. It's just been a disaster. So I don't know, maybe he doesn't well, care. I mean,
2: no. Why would you? You're talking about getting getting fat and happy. I mean, he's got total control. He's making ten million a year, and uh, it's obviously obvious well, that it seems like the game has passed him by.
0: Well, the best part's going to be he's when he fires Mayock. And, and then he'll somehow either get another guy in or he'll get more control because mm-hmm. he'll be able to push it off on, on Mayock. And his oh. however many defensive coordinators he's already fired. Dude, I mean, it's, it's such a game of survival. I can't imagine like, you know, your position where it's like I mean, you guys were a part of
1: it as and the, the, the ship wasn't even really sinking for you guys, but it was teetering, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight. But, you know, people yeah. are starting to scurry for those lifeboats and the life rafts and mm you know, look out for their own ass. And it's these relationships that you probably thought were really close internally, kind of fracture behind the scenes. And people are
2: out for themselves. Well, and it just shows that a lot of people don't understand that if you collectively win, everything else takes care of itself. Now, when you don't collectively come together, and I hate to use that coaching term, row in the, Uh, the boat, everybody growing direction. I hate to say it, but it's kind of true. If everybody says, hey, listen, we gotta win, let's do everything we can. Look in the mirror. What can you do to help this organization and this team win? Do it to your best abilities. And if everybody does that, then we're gonna win. And guess what? Then we get to the playoffs. People get promotions, coaches get head coaching jobs, the assistant GMs get GM jobs. Everything else takes care of itself but you got to focus on yourself and making your job, doing your job, the best of your ability to help the team win. a lot of the times it's, Oh no, how can I make myself look better (laughs) and not worry about everybody else?
0: It's really wild. Well, Um, that makes me think, you know, Doug, I always think about the Greg Roman stuff that went down with us. mm -hmm. That You know, when it got a little, you know, when Rex was kind of hitting his limit with Greg Roman and, That's always that, you know, when the head coach is starting to lose, that's always a good way for the head coach to say, Hey, I need to do, you know, that's a way for them usually to save, get another year. And we kind of saw that happen with, with Greg Roman. And and not that we weren't agreeing with Rex or disagreeing with Rex. That was Rex's call. But you think about it. Anthony Lynn did a hell of a job. Yes. When he took over, we looked better and Greg Roman and he what was his excuse well i didn't get my quarterback i didn't have matt castle
2: mm-hmm.
0: now he's in yeah. baltimore coaching a borderline mvp candidate mm-hmm. that's how um, it works i don't know how you it works. Guys, i you know i always
1: thought you were a matt castle away
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have good so, luck hey. with matt because we have the matt sims uh preseason uh tyler put it on twitter oh. the matt sims when he threw it behind uh he got oh, turned yeah. around and threw it, <laughs> and I put it on, Tyler put it on Twitter, and I was like, "Yeah, we didn't even, you know, we had a we had a franchise guy right in front of us, and we didn't even realize it." You yeah, know.
1: right, right
2: there. And, and and you know, the the Cowboys thought they worked Matt Castle away as well. So yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> right. See how that worked out for him. Right. It's amazing with
1: Sorry, Joe. Go
0: ahead. No, no, I'm saying it's amazing, Castle. That his whole career is just fascinating when you really think about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To oh, give yes. him credit, I mean, he was he didn't even play in college
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah right went 11 and 5 yeah.
1: with the Patriots I mean so you
0: got to give him some credit he did I mean what oh. he did it was incredible
2: yeah absolutely no but doubt he wasn't that.
0: better than Tyrod I don't
2: care no not whatsoever
1: fast forward <laughs> and okay 2017 let's let's here we go give you guys some just do here I'm just looking at it uh Tredavious White, twenty seventh overall. Zay Jones, thirty seven. Oh. Deion Dawkins, sixty three. Matt Milano, one sixty three. Mm-hmm. Peterman, one seventy one. Who just lit it up in the preseason, by the way.
0: Oh, it's his time and to shine.
1: Tanner Vallejo, yep. one ninety five. That was your draft. So obviously, three of those players are core starters on their second contract now with the Bills.
0: And they're all still playing. Yes. Now that might change after cutdown day, but but mm-hmm. for for them to still all be on teams right now, I, I you know, Doug, you know, we know how that goes, yes. but you're talking mid round picks don't use, they either get out of the league quick or so we, that was a yeah. good draft. I
2: mean, yeah. especially under the circumstances because you, you, what you're doing is you're trying to get a feel for a new coaching staff, a new system and try to have the marriage between of what we do and our scouts have done all year in breaking these guys down and and scouting these players and then departing that information on to the coaching staff and trying to marry, Hey, what do you guys look for? And what do you want to be successful in this, your system? And here are the players that, well, when we were scouting them, we were thinking of them in a one system and one way and under one regime. Now we have to transfer it to another regime. And and that's what we used to always do. Jim is all right. Forget (laughs) system can this guy play because good players transcend any system.
0: And that's the hardest thing when you're personnel versus coaching is it, Reggie Ragland's always a good example as where, you know, if he you know, he was he was perfect for what Rex wanted to do. He really was. And and if you remember before he got hurt in training camp, oh. I mean, it was like he was making every play, he was learning everything. His injury, that's not a guy that can really afford injuries cuz he's not the best at keeping himself in shape. But it goes to show you how much he McDark, Sean didn't have any place for Reggie, and and that's not our fault. It's not Sean's fault. That's just not mm-hmm. his. That's not his style.
1: So uh, Mark Dominic
0: took. Yeah, a- we know Mark. He used to be the GM in Tampa. Yep. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So he was just kind of grading
1: out all of these drafts from that from that seventeen year, and gave you guys let's see a uh, an A minus for that group. And you look around the division. I mean. Gosh, from New York to Miami to New England, most of these players, they're not in either not in the NFL, not with their teams, robust. Uh, So can you just kind of take us through? Obviously, we spent a whole podcast, the first episode, talking about Terry Pagula loving, wanting, coveting Patrick Mahomes. And everybody can go back and listen to episode number one if they want to relive that. But we we kind of been there, done that. Yeah. Um, one person I'll out of this podcast so. who has an open invite on the podcast may have had final say and didn't want to roll with a rookie quarterback. So open mm-hmm. invite to Sean. Uh I don't before we move on. Is there anything else that we didn't hit on with that decision no. to trade out of that pick? Or did we touch touch on everything?
2: Man, I think I think that's been touched on. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: But I mean, talk about the next best thing for a franchise to trade down, get another first. Draft an elite cornerback in Tre'Davious White, and have that ammo to move up to take Josh Allen the next year. I mean, you couldn't paint a better. I would consolation prize doesn't even really do it justice. I mean, that's. I think you'd still rather so, have Patrick Mahomes. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good situation
2: to be in, though. Yeah, you want you want to talk about going from okay, we set this franchise up for future success not only with Tradavius, but having two first rounders and a bumper crop of quarterbacks coming in 2018 to like all right we finally things are breaking our way to being escorted out of the door you want to go from the highest highs to the lowest of the lows welcome to the NFL fellas. <laughs> it's
0: it's that's what's crazy is what we were talking about like you can lose your job for so many reasons and mm-hmm. yeah okay so we weren't Sean wasn't feeling us whatever even though we got in the interview um, yeah, and back the Pagulas and being the choice. Yes. How can you pull off that Small type details. of draft? Small details. How can you pull off that draft? And no, that's what that goes to show you. Nobody cares what you. It's all about who you know and who likes you. Yes. It's not about and who the what media has on
2: you and mm-hmm. who what the media
0: says about you. Yeah. Or agents. Oh, yeah. Agents. Too. Agents. Yes. Look at Nick Saban. Guess who Nick Saban's agent is? Jimmy Sexton. Guess yeah. who he hires right away? Bill O'Brien. Jimmy Sexton. And Doug Marone, Jimmy Sexton. That's how it
2: works. That's how it works. Mm -hmm.
0: Why wouldn't it just happen
1: earlier? I mean, maybe I'm naive. Is it because you guys have all these draft reports and have some confidential information that he can't just fire Mm -hmm. y'all? Like, why wait until the day after this draft?
0: I think Sean wanted to see how... I I think Sean did want to see if he could work with us. I I do. Mm -hmm. I think he really wanted it to work. I think he did. You know, I just think we weren't his style.
2: Yeah, we were totally different styles than yeah. what he was yeah. all about. He, he's a more regimented uh, traditionalist by the book. If he, and especially if he's had experience in that, he's not a guy that can adapt to new philosophies and new ways of doing something, especially on the run, especially in a new environment. So, And it's obviously shown because who did they hire? Someone that he had spent seven years with. And so he is one of those people that, all right, he's not, a, I wouldn't say, I don't I don't mean this in a way that he's not intelligent. He's just not a quick learner, as in he needs to know that every minute detail of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and then get comfortable with it. So he needs time with new philosophies and new things that come his way.
1: It's a good way to put it. Well, I with, mean, you can kind of yeah. tell from afar, like that, that that obsession with details is kind of yeah. who he is.
0: Right? And, and which is obviously we...
2: probed him right. Proved right. Him
0: right. It wasn't that we weren't like, I mean, we, we were, I mean, we had details too. I mean, we, we did our work on all these guys. We just, once we had a conviction or a feeling on a guy, we went, we were good. We had all the info where it just took Sean a little longer. You touched on this too, Jim, before we
1: get like to these players themselves, but like the, no the dynamics in that draft, I think that that kind of gets lost in translation over the years to people just assume oh, I mean, you guys are dead men walking. You know, what what in the hell were you really doing in that draft room if you're let go the morning after? But talking to you guys, you know, whether it's on the podcast, off the podcast, that's not really the case.
2: I mean, uh, for me, I I thought we – I mean, for the situation we were in, I thought we worked well together, and obviously the proof's in the pudding of what we produced. And I was excited to say, okay, let's sit down with this coaching staff and say – what did you guys like out of that draft process? What didn't you like? And what can we improve on? And we were going to say, okay, from our standpoint with the coaches, we're going to sit with the, the scouting staff and say, hey, this is the stuff these guys are going to like and what they want us to focus on when we go out next year looking at college guys or in free agency. So it was that learning process and getting to know each other and building that cohesiveness to move forward. So, where we can make, we can anticipate what the coaches were going to ask when talking about character or background information we know okay these are the important parts that are high on their list let's let's get that so we were going to refine it and again we thought we had a really good draft really productive and it's been proven and we were ready to build on that so we're like oh if we did this especially with two first rounders next year we're going to really knock it out of the park
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you know what's funny too and, and at some point Sean definitely had whether whoever he talks to and ever whose trust circle of trust is he it wasn't just the, he blew up that whole building the whole building from yeah. his training staff PR business boom it's to his credit it wasn't it wasn't oh. working and wow. he didn't necessarily just say it's your I mean he basically wanted a full, reset on the whole buffalo bills organization i can't disagree with them
2: because no, no they're they're a well-run franchise yeah. right now. no doubt no doubt oh and and that's why you say it. it's one of those what? things where it's one of those things where you say i was in the wrong side of it but i completely understand understand what 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 was what are you holding on to there mm-hmm. even if we produce what we produced. We hadn't been producing before, and we were part of that culture that hadn't won, hadn't been in the playoffs. So it's all right. Let's move on, and let's, let's put our mark on it.
0: And, and there, let's. We always have to make sure we throw in that man. Life gets a lot better when you hit on that quarterback.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Because
0: <laughs> I, no. I know some people. I know the, in, in the Buffalo media world that you know Bean and McDermott do no wrong. But I'm just telling you, study these draft picks. I, I Josh Allen is making a lot of people not see some things.
2: Yeah. Makes everything better. Yeah. Makes about, everything better. Covers up better. everybody better. Absolutely. Yeah, but we only talk about Ed Oliver.
0: Ed Oliver is like – he's just – I mean, watch him in preseason. He can't even get off a block. What about Jermaine Edmonds? I mean – Don't even – I mean, he's, he's okay. You know, are you – Quick to get Matt Milano. Who contact? would the Bills rather, who would you rather who would Bills fans rather have Milano or Trey or Edmonds? It's a good question because look where we took Milano and look where, what they did to get Edmonds. So, yeah, right. that, that quarterback, man, it's like a quarterback, quarterback, a
1: really powerful dose of uh, toradol. you know, you know, just stuck right in your ass. It's gonna make a lot of pain go away, you know,
2: it does, it does. because you just need that one guy to be on, not yeah. 21 others. You Know what I mean?
1: It's and
2: it's just law averages, so You're right
1: though. There, there were probably, I mean, you guys probably saw issues in the building, you know, not even in, in the football operations of things, but there was probably just all kinds of stuff that had to get just fumigated. It's just crazy to me when, like, like you noted, you guys get this person the interview, vouch for him, bang the table for him, and then over those three, four months, he obviously ingratiates himself to the owners gets that power and you said as you put boom everybody's gone like
0: hey doug no really, we didn't I, I can't do think of, a, of
1: anything you know covering the nfl i haven't seen anything quite like that
0: it happens i mean what when when terry didn't want to do dinner with us at all before the draft yeah that's all when right. i was like oh man i wonder if everything's all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: no dinner no dinner
0: no dinner no, no, i can no tell dinner. you one thing that was very rare we, yeah. we had a mm-hmm. lot of dinners with terry did no you doubt. guys
1: go to Rick's? I mean, my wife uh, is a waitress at Rick's on Main and East Aurora. I remember she was there for one of your draft meetings. Uh, maybe it was later. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. No, we never went there
1: with Terry. Yeah,
2: okay. I'm, yeah, not with Terry. Uh, yeah. It was usually uh, Tempo. With Terry tempo, which or RIP, Carlos, right?
1: tempo has been shut down the last what? two years now. Yeah.
2: Wow, I didn't. Know that. is still not running, but Bunches, okay. yeah.
1: um, All right digress sorry to kind of go down that road but i just huh. think a lot of the listeners are interested at in the the inner dynamics of everything um
0: but it's like any other any other anybody else's job it's the, the guy at the top better like you that doesn't necessarily mean you doing a good job sometimes does he like does he like you and trust you
1: yeah i, I tell you what here at go headquarters um edmund our dog just uh has been barking <laughs> non-stop and it's getting kind of a he I, have to, I didn't I have to go hear- outside for a while. You know, we're, we're taking a similar look here with our business.
2: Uh, <laughs> You got to strip it to the studs. You know, he's right, working like in the boot.
1: <laughs> he's, a, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. All right. So as you do the trade, right? So you're now you're selecting 27th overall. Were there as you you're seeing the picks go off the board? Is the players go off the board? Was Tre'Davious White the target? Did you have a couple targets? Uh, we touched on it here and there. I'll, you know, maybe Doug can kind of weigh in as well, but like what, what what's it like when that pick is there? And, you know, what's the thought process with, with Sean, with everybody?
2: We we felt very, very confident that Tredavious was going to be there. And when people talk about mock drafts, we don't follow mock drafts as in that's where these guys are gonna go. What you wanna do is see a range of okay, in these mock drafts, this guy's gonna be in that range of 15 to 20 well going through all our mock drafts and everything we talked about we a lot of people didn't have Tredavious until late first early second so we felt very very good that we would get it especially because that that draft it was deep in corners uh, as well Adoree Jackson Marlon Humphrey so they had a there was a couple of corners that we thought and we felt very confident they would go before uh, Tredavious so we knew if homes didn't drop to 27 we knew Tradavius would be there
0: Doug correct me if I'm wrong I feel like if we didn't trade Tradavius was in the mix for us
2: oh and yes then, Trude- yes we yes, had him
0: graded we had him graded I'm pretty sure we had I know we had him graded above a and humphrey yes yes um I'm trying to remember I'd have to look at who were, that- yeah, we're
2: it was we had him over humphrey because of uh sean wasn't was,
0: sean, wasn't feeling sean didn't
2: feel humphrey yes he didn't feel because he was a businessman he didn't hang out with uh players at uh <laughs> alabama he was more uh professional already at alabama not going like, to, to i take just remember, parties
0: with players i remember Go. thinking man if you don't like humphrey whew, this is going to be tricky because this is hard yeah. to find guy that humphrey was nasty 100%. ball skills tough length
2: and an NFL professional player at Alabama. Not all of them are, but, I mean, off the field. He yeah, was. He carried himself as a pro. He was there for a reason. Uh, a Dory Jackson, uh, the size was a little concerning, concerning. there. Yep. Yeah, and a little tightness. But yep. he did bring that return skills. So, Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we liked like him. That, yeah, we liked him. And then I'm trying to think. but those were I'm the, looking, too. Um, he had a
1: Ohio State Gary Conley.
2: Gone, no. Yeah. We,
1: we like Trey
0: like,
2: yeah,
0: way we, better.
2: No, uh, we like yeah. Trey better. Yeah. So we yeah, Trey was probably our first.
0: I'm, I'm, that. Yeah, yeah, we had him. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up quick too.
2: Yeah. But uh so we we like I said, we felt very comfortable moving down. And and that's how we set up our board. So when when we had that idea that we may be dropping to 27, we stacked our board saying, okay, if we move to 27 would we be happy with the 27th stack player on this board? And we were like, absolutely, let's do it. Especially when you add on to the fact that you're, you're getting another first Not rounder the next in, the, yeah. Yeah, in the next year. So you add that into the equation when you're looking at that player. Because everybody says, I like a player. Well, how much do you like a player? Well, I like this player at 27 plus a first rounder. <laughs> and we like Tradavius at 10. So we were overjoyed at 27 plus a first rounder and it's a good thing you guys didn't take zay jones
0: with that first game. well i told that story doug that remember zay was
2: oh yeah
0: because of because yep. of the coat because we had his coach, coach from east carolina and i mean and he we was were productive. all and we all and we all like yeah. Zay. we did we all like zay not first round our no. scouts none of our scouts none of us thought he was a first round player at all but we did feel okay about him in the second round
1: Right. And, and, and the, the talent was there at ECU, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. just skip through him. Um I just something he's to to know, about the mental uh, side of things with guys.
2: And he's in Vegas and I've been reading he's doing pretty good in the preseason. So stepping up now that he's got his chance. So we'll see. Definitely. And then what was it? Uh Dion. Dion. He had Dion. yeah, he had that off the field issue. That, that was, was only, but our scouts did a good job with that. Great job because
0: it was marcus he marcus cooper was the scout to northeast scout and um did a great job of explaining that hey this guy is high high character it was a crazy incident and when yeah. you really look into it and, and tyler did a great story on it that dion really was not yeah he was fine mm-hmm. we had a blue dot on him as far as he was hot we ended up having yes. a hot character guy yeah mm-hmm. I'd be fascinated to know like what that process is like for you guys to get to
1: the bottom of that, because as, as Dion told that story, and our stories up and go along if people want to check it out. Like he was out at a party, Philly, maybe a rough part of Philly. He was with a teammate who was a good buddy of his, a white teammate who he said was like the only white person at this party and was kind of getting picked on bullied. One thing kind of led to another in the corner of his eye. He sees his buddy hit the deck and then he just is defending his teammate like he's just yeah. fighting to, to be there for his guy and he said that the person who kind of um antagonized the whole fight had like a history of this with athletes at temple like he was always kind mm-hmm. of in the mix so you know that's that's Dean dawkins side did do you remember talking to him about this the coaches matt rule everybody at temple about this how do you get to the bottom of a, a situation like that
0: it all checked out yeah, yeah. It all. Everybody gave us the same story, and then to hear how they raved about him as you know, right, Doug? I mean, we didn't have any yeah. issue.
2: And and this this is where it goes on to relationships. When you have a guy that's been in an area for so long, they end up trusting him, and you, he can get to the bottom of things. And there's that saying, everybody can't say the same, tell the same lie. So if it was a lie, there'd be some discrepancies when you go down the, the the pecking order from the head coach, the position coach, the pro liaison, to whoever, even to the, to the player, but they, everything checked out exactly how everybody said. So we're like, okay, we got to go with it.
1: Yeah, man. And you know, probably a top 10 left tackle just went through his COVID battle. My God, I don't know if you guys caught
2: that. Yeah. Oh, I heard about that.
1: Um, But he's back and they need him. I mean, if, if, You know, next to Josh Allen, I don't know if there's a more important player. That's Stephon Diggs, I suppose. But Mm -hmm. next to those two on offense, if if they don't have Deion Dawkins out there, it's ugly, right? I mean, he's that important to what they do. Yeah, they don't have anybody behind him. Yeah. Matt Milano, then, 163. Um, Memories from scouting him, drafting him. Um, You know, here's somebody that – He had a vision for that. Maybe that's not what he necessarily played at Boston
2: College. Yeah, I I will say this because when our scouts and this goes back to when our scouts first went out looking at him, they graded him for a Rex Ryan defense, which a guy like this really does not fit. Now, when you come in and you have a Sean McDermott defense, this guy's a lot more valuable. So I will give it to the coaching staff to say, hey, let's move this guy up because we have a vision for him. And that's where the, the more we started preparing for drafts for so many different systems, I finally got to the point where, Jim, I said, let's just ask the coaches. We don't care about you. I didn't say don't care about it. Write your report. That's great. But what we need to hear is what is your vision for this player? How are you going to use them? Once you tell us the vision, Trust us to put the value on him because we've seen this whole board, especially a, a linebacker coach. He's just looking at linebackers. He hasn't seen what we say cross the board. He's just seen that vertical stack. You've got to look at the horizontal stack. So we can put the value because we've seen this linebacker, but compared to that receiver, or that deep defensive tackle, you may think historically, Oh, he's a third or fourth round pick, but this year it's stacked in receivers or DBs, So he's going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. So that's where we got to give us the vision. We'll put the value on. And I, and I believe, and it's proof in the pudding that that was one of the things why we were so successful in the 2017 draft, because the coaches were doing, did a great job of explaining their vision for these players. Sean,
0: Sean did a a really good job of really stressing to the coaches. I mean, he really challenged the coaches to be very thorough Watch a lot of guys. I just remember how he set up their days. Like, hey, we're gonna do a lot of coaching stuff. Whether it was in the morning or in the evening. like he had it by hour. Like, I want you guys doing your college draft stuff from ten to twelve. Take a lunch break from one to three. We got to do install from three to six p.m. I want you guys back on the draft stuff. So, I mean, he had like a. I don't know if that was the exact hours, but I just remember those guys. They were they were getting after it hard, and we appreciated that. It, it helped. Yeah,
2: because a lot of times we've been in draft meetings with coaches that don't do the work and they just call their buddies and say, hey, what do you think of this guy or read? And they haven't watched any film. And then we're our reputation and our jobs on the line for a guy that didn't do the work. And if they don't get their guy, then we're the bad guys. So <laughs> it was, it was refreshing that these guys put in the work because as, as scouting goes, it's a subjective business. If you haven't missed, you haven't scouted. So that's fine. You're going to miss. But as long as you do the work, I got respect for you. Do the work and have a have an opinion. Don't play the fence. So uh, I, I I really respected how those guys, like Jim said, attacked that that uh, off and that draft prep.
1: You're telling me a Rex Ryan coaching staff? Maybe there was a few on there that didn't want to uh, take take their study that far, take their work it, that far.
0: It's hard even. I'm telling you, it's hard to even pinpoint. It, it was such chaos sometimes. It was like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was like around who, what coaches are coming in, coming out. We had so many coaches. You did. I mean, yes. You know, Doug Marone, yes. his staff back and forth. I mean, but even Rex staff had so employers. many assistants. Rex had so many assistants. And he oh, did. Like, and, position coaches had assistants. It was like, well, and it was just
2: a lot. So, and this is totally off the subject, but <laughs> I, still have to understand with technology the way it is now, how come staffs are getting bigger and they're still working the same hours? <laughs> Help me understand this, where we can get clips of every third down when these third and eight from the minus 20. In a second, you can hit that and come up with every clip. Whole but thing. you still have 30 some assistants and they're still working till 12, 1 o'clock at night. No. i I don't understand where the just just the, say they the work right? To puff their chest yeah. out. I, I I just don't understand it. Somebody's going to have to bring uh-huh. that down for me from the coaching ranks.
1: <laughs> we were laughing about it with Chris Sims, right, Jim? With uh, oh yeah, oh like Chris
2: Sims co- totally agrees. Coaches in the
1: building, like just yeah. just just to be there. You know, I'm gonna gonna sleep at the office. Gonna stay there That's all how you night. Say like just, I told that to Chris. Just to I said, say yeah. that
0: walk around, walk around. Oh, I went out. Oh, there I, am. I walk around the office around 7:30 8 p.m most of those heads heads are knocked back right yeah with the Mm -hmm. with the cowboy in their hand
2: (laughs) yep (laughs) yep
1: (laughs) to the other extreme i think i've seen uh rex truck maybe leave the facility uh a little early in the afternoon as a member of the media so there's rex did
0: rex loved the draft though. he did love
1: did he really yeah 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 Yeah, he's in he's into he's,
0: he's into it he's into that Mm-hmm. man
1: hey just i'm looking at those drafts just speaking of like researching guys checking things i always <laughs> want to ask you jim i, I for, totally forgot about this player but in 2016 um adolphus washington didn't he like solicit a prostitute yeah like, how do you get to the bottom of that well <laughs> you seek out or no it was an like undercover cop
0: undercover pretending cop, to be a prostitute yeah. that's yes awesome. we had to we had to go through that one pretty hard with especially with kim
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah I yeah imagine. yeah but we had all yeah. the info we need yeah yeah and it was it was i mean the the, the thing that really for me swayed it and it was like okay guy did not hide or anything he's like yeah right. i messed up man he's like hey and he's like and basically he's like it's undefeated what do you expect from me sorry i made mean, i won't do it again but he had a fiance and he was yeah. the guy that was like all right I, i'm i'm hoping to get over this but he did not back down from his responsibility in that situation and how he what he did wrong so that to me is a guy instead of saying well this or blaming somebody or well what happened was no <laughs> it's like man man yeah it's the, and he goes because he was more embarrassed for that to go out and having to talk to his mom than anything else so it was like right. yeah if mama's coming after you and you're you don't have to worry about us so
1: that, yeah I remember with us like on the conference call he was so honest like immediately after being drafted he's getting peppered rightfully so all mm-hmm. about this and it was just you know he didn't deny anything and he talked mm-hmm. about it like he, it's not like he said next question he was pretty open it was kind of refreshing um
2: because mm-hmm. so, I mean it it's now this is obviously something that rabbit hole you know it, everybody wants to cancel everybody now after one mistake I mean I don't know what your beliefs are, but there's, there's only been one person that's said to have been perfect in this world. So, I mean, let's give a little something. People make mistakes. Totally. Is it habitual or, and did they learn from it? Or do they now know the triggers that led them to making that mistakes? Those were the things I used to always look at. And that's one of the things when we signed Richie Incognito, Richie said, I know, if I see these triggers in my life, I need to go get help. But these are the things that are going to lead me to a path where I can't come back from. And I'll be a detriment to myself and to others. That to me lets me know he did work. He's not brushing it over. Like, Oh yeah, I I talked to somebody and I'm better now. No, he had a plan in place. And I always say, if you haven't asked, you got to have a plan. And he had a plan. He asked to be signed, but he had a plan to make sure. And he, to his credit, You haven't heard one thing about him since then. And before you never heard anything except that those two players, everybody else that's ever played with him loves the guy.
1: Black and white, every background, everybody, right? Everybody completely. It's, and it is funny, you know, like Robert Kraft. I don't, I don't really remember him getting canceled for his rub and tug or whatever the heck happened. (laughs) He, he, He had something similar
2: yeah worse
1: than adolphus washington went through with it and it's like everybody kind of forgot about it right because he's powerful (laughs) and he has a lot of money i guess
2: yeah (laughs) because he's sending a plane to haiti you know that's (laughs)
1: That's right he does a lot of
2: good he does a
1: lot of good a lot of good absolutely he does absolutely i think the kind of maybe the lesson to take away is like human beings are multi-dimensional and a lot going on and like everybody, maybe not to that extreme, we've all done things that maybe we regret, you know, and these guys, their worst moments are, there's a magnifying glass over it if
2: you're a draft prospect. Well, well, Jim, we've talked about this too, especially in this sport. Players have to be excellent at compartmentalizing because think about it. When you go on that field, you have to flip a switch where you can't do what you do in normal society. You're allowed to purposely, willingly try to inflict pain on someone. And the the best speech I I will never forget, one, because he's a pit man, but Russ Grimm, he says, there's no better feeling than to move a man from point A to point B against his will. And that is a different thought process that you cannot have in the normal world. So Mm -hmm. so athletes can compartmentalize better. They need to, they have to, or they're going to be ended up in jail, which a lot of them have. But anyway, that's why guys can be one way and then, all right, switch it. I'm going to go to a charity event. And then next day I'm going to be in the club and with two strippers. And then I'm going to wake up and go to practice. It's just normal life because they compartmentalize. Man,
1: you're sort of hitting like every off season, you know, it wasn't even this way maybe in the nineties, but like, I feel like the modern day NFL player, they're turning their bodies into well-oiled machines. Like it is. Oh yeah. Every day of every week of every month. I mean, you've got you've got trainers and coaches for like head to toe every different aspect of your mind, your body, your soul, and it's like you're you're transforming yourself into this person, as you said, that's going to move somebody else against their what? That'd be tough to just kind of like flip that switch, turn it off, and enter. Which, I think that's why so many guys struggle when the cheering stops and they have to retire. Like, they can't adapt. It's, you know, I hate comparing anything to war, because there's no comparison to war, but it's in that same vein of, like, you're in this world, and you have to leave that world and enter this world that we're in,
2: and it's tough. And, And what makes it even more tough? It's at a young age. So most guys are going to be retired anywhere from 25 to 35 that's when most people are hitting their stride in life and like oh, i got this finally figured out starting to make a little money i got maybe a family going on these guys are like okay what what do i do now everything i've poured my heart and soul into is now over with so that that's another thing that you got to throw into when you're making that transition and and the and the NFL is doing a really good job of player engagement of trying to get guys to start thinking about life after football before it's over. And I'll never forget Charlie batch uh, backup for Ben Roethlisberger for years. He'd always be going to these better business council meetings, doing a bunch of charity events and always hobnobbing, or we used to call ring dusting, with the business community in Pittsburgh. And I'd be like, Hey man, why are you always doing this? He goes, because they answer the phone when it's Charlie Batch, the Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback, compared to, oh, Charlie Batch, the ex retired Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. I know they'll answer it now. And he's propelled that into an unbelievable business career after a football. So those are the type of things that people should start accentuating and recognizing. Because there's going to obviously be guys that fall to the wayside and don't make it, but there are some guys, but you got to have, again, a plan.
1: Man, well, well said. It's and it's your identity. And when when you guys both played, we all played. It's mm-hmm. there's something about just playing this sport, and it's who you are, and it's something you've done forever. To just not do that anymore, it's it's painful. My God, it was painful for me to give it up, get you know, transferred from St. John Fisher to Syracuse, and like just go in the media route. Like I, you guys played. I mean, you probably remember that moment where it's like, okay, I'm not really good enough well. to play. I'm going to do something else. Just
0: it's, it's a I getting, we were getting it's none of us were getting paid to play though. These guys, you yeah. know, they, it's different when you you know, we were always preparing for our our future jobs because we knew we uh, I did. Doug Doug, you had a you may have had a hope, but Tyler and I, I'm I don't think you weren't thinking you were going to NFL. So you were gonna no, prepare God, no. for it. These guys, a lot of these guys have always prepared for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I I'll admit I mean I knew it was a big slap in the face. So I had a workout. I think there was one scout from the Ravens and a Blesto scout. And then the Steelers had what we call a local yokel workout. So it'd be guys from local schools that didn't get on. And here I was a three-year starter at Pitt and our long snapper got invited to the workout and I didn't. That's when it was like, (laughs) okay, Mike Tyson to the jaw. Football ain't for me, <laughs> so I kept it moving. Yeah, I right, what's the next thing? And what's the next chapter yeah. in life? I was like, What the that, but I can't even get. It. I was like, Well, man,
1: self so evaluation
2: just, is a key to life, man.
1: More than that, I just mean, it's like it's, it's just intoxicating a sport, like it's just yeah, like, yeah, it's different just, about football yeah, in general. Like, yeah. So, you take that away from these guys, and yeah, um, man. Well, hey, before we uh close it up though, I mean, with cut down day kind of looming here, going from 90 to 53, any. I mean there's not really going to be any good memories from something like that. Like how, oh, it's the tough, worst. How do is that? Like how to bring somebody into your office. I mean, mm. just speaking of like leaving the probably a lot of these guys you're bringing in you know this is it, you know, they're done with this sport.
2: It's it's one of the first times a lot of these guys are going to get slapped with the reality of life as in what am I going to do now? this may like you said this is might be my last chance to ever don a a football uniform on and to crush someone's dream that have been they've been working for it for multiple years it's nothing easy it's not now majority i've been doing it because i was the pro director for i was since 99 i've been cutting guys what you want to do is be as professional as you can but also explain to them that Hey, this is why we always told you, when you get your chance, be ready and you gotta stay ready. Now this hurts and you're gonna be on the street, but you may get called tomorrow and you may get called three months ago, three months from now, but you always gotta stay ready. So you try to leave them with uh, some encouraging words.
0: Jim, anything to add? No, I always respected Doug um, in these situations because, he always made it a point it, it, you want to treat these guys this is a hard day and they want to hear from the gm and they want to hear from the head coach or their position coach and i always thought it was good of doug i don't think everybody operates that way i don't think every gm's necessarily you know cutting the guy or at least explaining it to him why doug always said yep just bring him to my office like he always so even you know sometimes i would cut guys during the season or you know some guys that might have been on our practice squad but doug would they would meet with me first, but then they would go to Doug or meet with Doug first, come to me too. But it always made me think that, yeah, there are right ways to, I don't want to say fire people, but cut people. There's right ways to do it. And you got to be honest with them and be, they really respect if you're honest with them.
2: Yeah. They may not agree, but they, respect. they may not agree, but yeah.
0: they want to hear it. like, Hey, you honestly, it's going to be hard for you to catch on ever here. Hey, you're a step slow or, you know, Hey, you, you had two drops on some opportunities when, you know, you, you don't have a lot of opportunities. So the trust factors, you know, you just have to be honest with them, paint the picture for them to say, Hey, you may not, this may not be for you, but if you want to keep trying, we're
2: not going to tell you not to be ready. Like Doug said, be ready. Uh, and it's then there's the us, opposite so. way. I, yeah. I, I'll remember um, you had the cut down days, but I also remember my last conversation with Robert Wood and Stefan Gilmore, like love you fellows, but we ain't going to be able to afford you. So go yeah. out there and make yeah. your money. And they are like, you know, and appreciate it. Because I didn't want them to think that we didn't want them. Mm-hmm. We just knew that what they brought to the table and what they were going to command and where we were as an organization and what we were trying to do, we just we just couldn't afford them. So it, it goes both ways. And they appreciated that as well. At the business part, that's the good, mm-hmm. that's
0: a good, yeah, you're right. That's a good way to explain, hey, guys, look. <laughs> yeah,
2: good for you. Go yeah. and and they,
0: once again, they're like, okay, we get it see it. I, and real quick too, I had a story
1: on Chris Hogan up uh, oh, this yeah. morning. I mean, you guys kind of—I mean, I guess he was found, quote unquote—you know, on hard knocks by the the, the world. But then the, Dol, the Dolphins don't even send him to the practice squad; like they, they yeah. cut him loose after that training camp. You guys bring him in. He spends two years kind of as a P, P squad reserve, and
2: then as a number three receiver for two years. Yeah, yeah. He and it's and a lot of it is what I say: circumstances. There's guys with talent, and if they're in a different circumstance, they don't get a chance to get their footing. He was in a position with us and where we were as a team to be able to show what he has and get his foot footing. The circumstances weren't great in Miami, but they worked perfectly here when we were in Buffalo. And didn't he just go to back to lacrosse? He now he's went to the Saints.
1: And oh, he went to Saints? Saints.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, hell of an athlete. What are you want to talk about uh, speaking of finding people, talk about our tight end uh, oh, fines.
0: that's yeah. this goes back to um, it's really cool to see. And we had Chris Manhertz on our podcast, and I'd like to try to get Logan Thomas on. I don't know when a good time to get an active player on, but I think he would do it as well. But that's where the scouting that's where scouting's fun, where we you know to uncover guys where Manhurts didn't we and we talked about didn't play college football, but hey, Doug and I. Remember going to that uh, workout place in Williamsville
2: yeah. yep. Mm-hmm.
0: to put in, watch him run routes and we're throwing to him. I mean, it was like, what are we doing right now? All you do really was look at him mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I'll take a chance on this guy. But to see him, how hard he's worked, and I just read an article where Urban Myers, if they're going crazy about him in Jacksonville, about he's a dominant blocking tight end. Logan Thomas never played tight end either. And we, Doug, if you remember, we had to sign him because he was on Detroit's practice squad.
2: Practice squad. Yep. So we
0: had to sign him to the roster. And this is where I like, this is where Rex was cool. And we're like, hey, we have to put the to get this guy. We think there's a huge ceiling for him, but to get him, we got to get him on. We got to sign him to the roster, you know, and we did it. And, you know, and I know he was here for a little and he had a tragedy in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe he lost a child. I have to go back and look exactly yeah, what it yeah. was. Yeah, there was something that after we left, um, I think that happened. But um, to see him just succeeding is is awesome. Like that; mm-hmm. those are the those are the things that we did well. Once again, nobody cares. Whatever, it's, it's fine. But, but those are things we don't forget.
2: Yeah, and those are the things that when we're out and we talk <laughs> about it, say, you know what? Most people may think we we were garbage, right? we feel pretty good about our track record of, of finding talent.
0: Yes.
1: No, no doubt about it. And I mean, you guys are the first to say, I mean, you said it halfway through this podcast, like we get it. You had to do what you yeah. had to do yeah. in the building to yeah. reset Tyler. and reload. And it had to kind of be
0: everybody. Um, can, but, can, but can you imagine this bill's offense with Logan Thomas and man <laughs> Exactly. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. that's the only thing they're missing because dawson dropped another one this week
2: is that right yeah mm-hmm. they could use a tight end so oh do we have some time i need to break down of the bills because uh that'll be the first game first game Steelers, I, Oh, so Doug, I need I need, to, yeah
0: you got because i'm getting ready to yeah I, i'm going yeah. big on the bills on this game so tell me talk to me about these Steelers. how good are they uh
2: i would go big uh, here here's the issue they're secondary unproven. You got Hayden. That's it. And Minka, the rest of it is going to be new guys, uh, except Edmonds, which is, I mean, he's a box guy and their offensive line is going to be all new starters. And one of those guys coming off major injury. Mm -hmm. Now, Najee Harris is legit. He's good. Those Fairmuth, the second rounder from Penn state red zone target for sure. And the, and, they're, and they're wide receivers. For them to have a chance, though, they need to dedicate to the run and keep the Bills' offense off the, off yeah. the field and take advantage, just like Kansas City. I'd use Kansas City's game plan from last year against the Bills. That's the only way. But, but if they get in a shootout, I just don't think they have the horses in the secondary to keep up with uh, the Bills' wide receiver score. Wide receiver score. <sighs>
0: That's that's how I was thinking that they are. And bills are just so loaded offensively. Mm-hmm. It's like and I always think that is the you know, we've talked about this. I just love that recipe. The teams that are loaded like this, get up on teams. Now you make the Steelers have to play from behind. And I don't think mm-hmm. from what you just said, that's not going to be their recipe for success. Nope.
2: Not not at all. Oh. So that
0: first half will be interesting to see how the Steelers mm-hmm. come out. They, like you said, they can get to halftime. You know, and they're right in it. That'll be to me a telling sign that okay, this Steeler team is—they're doing what they need to do with who they have.
2: So that's the weakness and the Bills synop—I mean the Steeler synopsis. Give me the Bills. What? Where are their weaknesses?
0: Oh, I see. That's where I—I think defensively, Tyler and I talk about. We need to see who's going to step up pass rush wise for them, Um, and defensive line in general. They've invested a lot in their defensive line. Yeah. So let's see who steps up. They have some new guys that we're going to have to watch a little bit. I know uh, NFL Network did a thing. I think um, the Iowa defensive end, Espenza, Espenza. J, right. J, AJ or something. AJ, I always say his name wrong. Um, but, you know, they're looking for big things from him. So they're looking for some guys to step up. Is Oliver going to step up? And is he going to step up? The Miami defensive end they drafted in the first round this year, showing some signs here early. So I think for the Bills, um, I'd like to see them. Well, you know, it's funny because now you're saying this. The Steelers want to run the ball. Bill's defensive line necessarily. I mean, that wasn't a strength strength of them all the time. So that'll be interesting. That'll be where the Steelers might be able to – I'm sure that's what they're going to try to like you said, just run the ball, keep it away from Josh Allen. And so I think the defensive line is what I'm keeping my eye on for the Bills. So say
2: the secondary for the Steelers and defensive line. Defense line for the that's, Bills, yeah. Those are the two – units that are going to be under the spotlight this first and, year and when I say that Doug only because
0: they've invested first round picks second round mm-hmm. picks free yes. agent yes. signings you know that's why I'm watching these guys because they've invested a lot in it so they must have their concerns too why mm-hmm. doesn't Ben Roethlisberger to me though it's like he's the same guy <laughs> I don't
1: know. He, the, he does look he does the, the, look the pump fakes <laughs> and the way he just snap. kind of like trots around <laughs> and you know it goes left to right and just shugs guys off and no. I don't know. It just seemed like the same player. Like I
2: tweeted that, and I, I, I'm not a big tweeter, but I'm starting to get into it because of the media. But when he threw that pump fake and then had the pump fake and threw the touchdown, that is vintage Roethlisberger. He has yeah. the best pump fake I've seen in my 20 plus years of scouting. It's just, I mean, it's he can he can pump fake reload and put it right where it needs to be, and that's the the ball placement after a pump fake he is just that's one of his unique skills and a lot a lot of people can do that
1: because you got to know there's not a dude barreling you know from your blind side to take you out to have the time to pump fake like it takes an awareness i think a lot of quarterbacks aren't going to pump fake because they think oh crap there's somebody breathing down my
2: neck pump fake reload. Feet, get your feet set, or even not even be able to get your feet set, and then put the ball where you want it to be. Yeah. And there's a difference between accuracy and ball placement, but to be able to place the ball where you want after a pump fake, that's a that's a skill that, like I said, yeah. very few people have.
1: Doug, that was great, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Always a
2: pleasure, Good fellas.
1: To
0: see you. You golfing today, Doug?
2: No, not today. Uh, it's getting a little too hot. It's going to be 90 and 98. 90- percent of humidity i'm like hey man i like the golf when it's comfortable the older i get i have no problem with being comfortable (laughs) i like it and that's what i'm striving to do every day be comfortable
1: (laughs) so it beats like you know sitting down in a room having to cut guys right now i imagine you know know well said well said oh
2: tyler i'll get with you i think i'm coming the weekend of the 19th that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, like uh, yeah, I got to come up there for some other business and... Uh, that might be the together.
0: day, Tyler. That might be the time go to Hamburg for a little show. Yeah, yeah. I was
1: going to say, yep. like, you know... We're Have people come trying. out, we
0: can talk. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. Like, let's do
1: a podcast. Let's do a hangout. Let's hang out with, uh, That'd you know, be whoever fun. wants to come to Hamburg. Yeah, you know, drink some yeah.
2: I'll, I'll I'll, confirm in the next uh, week or two, but it'll be like, I think, yeah, that second week, uh, 19th, 20th, 21st, something around there.
1: All right, you heard the man. Come on, mark your calendars. Uh, Thanks so much, fellas. Great to see you.
2: Good seeing you. Take care.